0: Well, praise the Lord. (laughs) What a glorious hope that we have in Christ that one day we're going home to be with the Lord. Well, let me tell you as you turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 20 that I look forward to the day that I can shake your hand and hug your neck. Look forward to the day that we gather together in the sanctuary to magnify the name of the Lord. But one thing I resolved and determined during this season is that I must not give up my praise. I must continue to look to the Lord, who is the author and finisher of my faith. In Acts chapter 20, I'm going to begin reading at verse 17. It says, And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. Apostle Paul writing, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God, and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Verse 24, but none of these things Move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Would you pray with me right where you are, Father? We come before you today, thanking you for your spirit. Thank you for the atmosphere of worship that is on this property today. We need the anointing, God, that comes from you. Lord, our minds are so, so preoccupied with so many things right now. Lord, I pray right now that every distraction would be removed and that we would be able to hear what the Spirit is wanting to say to the church. We glorify you, we magnify you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen and amen. With the help of the Holy Spirit this morning, I'd like to spend a few moments talking about obstacles. More specifically, that obstacles are part of God's divine plan. Today, as we continue to grapple with these unusual times that we find ourselves in, it is very important that we have resolve, like the Apostle Paul did in Acts 20 and 24, knowing that bonds and afflictions were awaiting him, he made this declaration, none of these things move me. The first thing I would share with you this morning, and it's not going to come as a surprise to you, but it's a, it's a reminder, and that is that we need to embrace that in this world and in this life, we will always have obstacles. There will be potholes and pitfalls along our Christian walk that will be difficult. They will be hard. They will even be oppressive. You will face obstacles in your relationships. You will face obstacles in your career. You will face obstacles in your family, in your health, in your ministry. And the list goes on and on. The unique thing about life right now for every single one of us is that no one is exempt from this county-wide, country-wide crisis that we find ourselves in. All of us are affected. All of us have been impacted. I shared this recently in a message, and I will say it again, painful as it is to hear, but every obstacle in your life as a believer is either God-given or God-allowed. Knowing that and understanding that, we continue to press on and press through. I came across a cute illustration earlier this week that I thought was interesting, and it, it said it showed a, a sign that was nailed to a telephone pole. It was a hand-lettered sign, and this is what it said. I have a lost dog. This lost dog has three legs. This lost dog is blind in its left eye, and it's missing its right ear. Its tail has been broken. It's been recently castrated. But if you come across this dog, he answers to the name of Lucky. (laughs) I find that to be interesting, and I wanted to share that with you. But the reality is we are in a problem season. If we're not careful, we begin to think that our generation, this moment, is a problem and a crisis that our forefathers have never dreamed of as it relates to the extent and the impact. But I want to remind us this morning, I want you to listen to some things folks even within our own church have lived through. People have lived through depression years and Pearl Harbor People have lived through the assassinations of John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King, Jr. People have lived through Vietnam and Watergate and World War II. People have lived through the Korean War and Desert Storm and 9-11. People have lived through the Gulf War. More recently, all of us have come through stock market crashes and housing crashes and the auto market crashes of 2008. And now, while some would argue that this is just a severe and new virus strain that has taken over 60,000 lives in our country, others would argue that it is a global pandemic that we've not seen in our lifetime that has dramatically altered everything about our world. Everyone is looking through a different lens as it relates to this situation that we find ourselves in. Some are looking through the lens and saying it's an overreaction. And all the time they're saying the government is involved in an overreach until suddenly you realize it hits close to home. Just yesterday I learned of a longtime youth camp friend of mine we literally drove to youth camp on the Church of God campground many years ago. My age, maybe a year younger than me, is struggling to breathe today. Just yesterday, his mother posted that he could only say two or three words before he would be out of breath at 52, 53 years old, all because of COVID 19. Then it hits closer to home. I had a pastor friend call me just yesterday broken and asking me to join with him in prayer because a council member and his wife had coronavirus, and today she is 100% on a ventilator at 61 years old, a precious, precious couple in the church. You can process it through all the lens of overreaction and overreach that you want until it hits close to home. These, in fact, are challenging times. Paul Harvey put it best. He said, in times like these, we need to remember that there have always been times like these. It is a fact of life that life will, will reign on your parade. It matters little if you're a believer or an unbeliever. Certain trials and troubles are going to come to all people. Jesus himself said in Matthew 5 and 45 that, it, that he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. We have to embrace the reality that there are always going to be obstacles in this life. But the second thing you need to, you need to know about obstacles is that, is that great men and women have emerged from lives that were filled with tremendous obstacles. The majority of the New Testament that we read part of today, the, the majority of the New Testament was written from a prison cell that held the physically abused and persecuted Apostle Paul. We, we learn from history, even though they called him a slow learner and mentally retarded, yet he was Albert Einstein, a household name that represents brilliance. He had overcome all kinds of obstacles that were stacked against him, burned so severely. Doctors said he would never walk again. And yet Glenn Cunningham set the world's one-mile record in 1934 when he was told that he would never even walk again, much less uh, run. Struck down with infantile paralysis, yet FDR or Franklin Delano Roosevelt would become president. Not only would he become president, but he would serve four terms as the commander in chief of this great country. Beethoven, if you've done any study, you will know that he was deaf and yet he was one of the greatest music composers of all times. Thomas Edison, also deaf, but went on to be a great inventor of which you and I are benefactors today. Winston Churchill stuttered but was an awesome writer, speaker, and leader. What are you trying to tell us today, preacher? I'm trying to tell you that no matter what has happened in your past or what problem or challenge is facing you today, whatever may come your way tomorrow, you can be an overcomer and still accomplish much in God's plan for your life. I'm telling you, obstacles are part of God's divine plan. Plan, but I also know that He gives us the ability to overcome them. I came across a verse of scripture this past week in Psalms chapter 18 and verse 29, and this is what it says It says, By Thee, O Lord, I have run through a troop. Now, I want to tell you that's an obstacle. If you're facing an army, if you're facing a troop, that is an obstacle. But He didn't stop there. He said, By You have I run through a troop, and by my God, have I leaped over a wall. A wall is also an obstacle. What I'm telling you today is that COVID-19 is an obstacle. We understand it. I'm watching as unemployment is an obstacle in people's lives in our own church. Slowing cash flow is an obstacle. Stores and restaurants and gyms and, and coffee shops all an obstacle. Uh, A lot of us would be happy just to be able to worship uh, together again in church. Uh, Two-income families are becoming one-income families. It's like facing a troop. It's like facing an insurmountable wall. But what I've come by to preach to you today is that though a troop may be an obstacle, and though a wall may be an obstacle, the Lord, through His power and His strength, will give you the anointing that you need to run through the troop and by your God you can overcome any wall that seems to be standing against you well praise the Lord if there's anybody out there I'm just going to go ahead and step on a limb if you can hear me and you believe that just hit that horn one time for me and let me know you're in the house of God today well praise the Lord well praise the Lord You see, there's not an obstacle you cannot overcome. The Scripture says, if God be for us, who can be against us? The Scripture tells us, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I'm telling you, church, our confidence is not in corrupt Washington. It's not. Our It cannot be. Our confidence and our, our trust cannot be in, in the ungodliness in Richmond. Our trust has to be in Jesus Christ to bring us through this situation that we find ourselves in. And that's why I I take confidence in the promises of God's Word. And so many of them, so many of us know, but they're not cliché. They're not just uh, some euphemism. They're not just some uh, placating term, terminology, but they are the promises of God's Word. And I needed to come by and tell someone today a word from the Lord, and that is this. Greater is He that is within you than he that is within the world. You can't overcome any obstacle. You can't overrun through any troop. You can't overcome any wall that stands in your way because it's not about you. It's about the Jesus living inside of you. Hallelujah. There will be obstacles in this life. Men and women have emerged from lives filled with obstacles to greatness. And finally, the third thing I would tell you today in this message as directed of the Lord is that perspective is your key to living in victory. Now, you got to get this. This is important. This will help you this week. We're all holding our breath over over what our governor is going to say tomorrow afternoon, all anticipating, hoping to be positive, to be some resuming of normalcy in our community in our county, in our region. But I'm telling you, your perspective is key to living in victory. The very things, events, trials that we look at as destructive, they are intended by the Lord to be that instrument that draws us closer to Him, to be stronger in Him, and to live in this life, as brief as it is, with great success. Example one, think about the eagle, that beautiful majestic bird, that symbol of our freedom in our country as Americans. Did you know the eagle's only obstacle to flying with greater speed and soaring to higher heights, the only obstacle to that eagle being able to accomplish new feats is simply the air. It's simply the wind. It's an obstacle. The air can slow him down. The air can keep the eagle down. But yet, without the air, the proud bird would fall to the ground. The very element that resists the eagle is the very element that causes the eagle to soar to higher heights, to accomplish greater feats. Let me give you another example. The power boat, the speed boat, the main obstacle for that power boat, for that speed boat, is, is water against the propeller of that engine. But without it, the propeller on the boat would be useless. The propeller doesn't work. It accomplishes nothing. It moves the boat in no direction unless there is water to resist it. My God, I hope you're getting this. In both examples, the the element, the obstacle offering the greatest resistance is at the same time crucial for success. And what I'm telling you today, what I'm asking you to do today under the direction of the Lord is, is to come to a place that, you know what, my perspective has to change. My outlook may need to be tweaked. If you will accept this day that whatever comes your way adversely, it is, the, it is the Lord's intent for you to achieve greater as a result of overcoming that obstacle. If you will do that, you will learn how to live in victory, not just during COVID-19, but all of your life. My God, down in the south, in a city, in a little town called Enterprise, Alabama. There was a time that the cotton crop, that it was king, was doing great. The town was doing great until there became an invasion of an A creature called the boll weevil. The boll weevil came in in droves and was invading and destroying the cotton crops. The economy of the whole town was in trouble. It was a major obstacle. The farmers got together they had to come up with a solution or the whole livelihood of the town was going to be in trouble. And they got together and they said, you know what, we're going to do something we've never done. We've always planted cotton, but we need to mix this thing up a little bit. And so they started planting soybeans, and they started planting peanuts, which in turn led to more prosperity for the farmers. The crops began to come in, and there began to become a market for soybeans and peanuts, and peanuts. And not only did the town survive, but it began to thrive and even, even do better than what it had done when it was just doing the cotton crop. They were so uh, overwhelmed and appreciative that if you go back and you look, and I looked it up this week, when you enter into the town of Enterprise, Alabama, there is a statue that's at the entrance of the, of the town. And it's a statue in the form and created in that in that. Creature of called the bow weevil. <laughs> because of the boll weevil, they were forced to do things differently than they had done before. Oh dear God, I, I tell you, I feel a I feel a little sidebar coming on here. I feel a little trail off the main path. I just want to stop here and tell you, I don't know if we're gonna get together in groups of a hundred. I don't know if you're going to have to wear a face mask when you come. I don't know if you're going to have to don rubber gloves. I don't know if we're going to have to sit six seats apart. But I'm telling you, when the door is open, no matter what difference it may look like, I'm still going to come to the house of God, and I'm still going to worship my king. I'm telling you, sometimes life deals you a hand. Sometimes things are different. Sometimes t- things change. But the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he will give us the victory to overcome. Overcome. We will come through this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's not just about church service. It's, it's everyday life. And let me say to any high school graduates and any college graduates that may be listening, this is for sure a different year. And we wish we could change this circumstance for you, but do not let this define you. Rather, let it spur you onward. Weddings are different. Baby showers are different. Funerals, one of our own this past week. And again, you can have a perspective until it gets close to home. And maybe I've been carnal over the last six weeks to have a perspective. And just this week, it's hit close to home. When I have one of my precious ladies over in a rehab facility that loses her 49-year-old daughter, and her family can't go in and put their arms around her. Her pastor can't go grieve with her. It becomes personal. Sometimes you step back and you take a kind of a more broad perspective of what's going on. And you realize that this is not just an inconvenience, there are people that are hurting right now. And I'm telling you, for every one of us, let this be the air that lifts you higher. Let this be the water that forces your propeller to kick you into high gear. My God, I sense the spirit. Let this be that that defines your faith like never before. May you leave out of this service today. May you walk into this week and say, you know what? I'm going to fight for my faith. I'm going to live for my faith. You know, in Habakkuk and Romans and Galatians and Hebrews, it says this phrase, and it's a life-changing phrase, and it's simply this, the just shall live by their faith. We have to live by our faith. We will not let coronavirus, COVID-19 define us. It will be the air that causes us to soar like an eagle. It will be the water that makes our boat Lurch forward and faster into the destiny God has for every one of us. It's an obstacle. It's been allowed by God. So trust Him. Lean on Him. And He will make you sit together with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. John Maxwell said it like this. He said, What really counts in your life is not what happens to you, but what happens inside of you. I've seen too many people that have allowed a circumstance or an event to crush them and leave them frozen and unproductive. It was never the event, it was never the circumstance. It was the attitude that came as a result. The children of Israel were sent to spy out Canaan. Twelve men. A land flowing with milk and honey and man-sized fruit. But there was an obstacle. They encountered the giants of the land. Ten of the twelve had doubt. And listen to what they said. This is critical. When they gave their report, this is their words in Numbers 13, 33, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak. Watch this. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. It wasn't the event. No, it wasn't the event. It was their attitude about the event. Before the enemy ever assessed them, they had already assessed themselves as defeated. I'm getting ready to close. You've got to have confidence. You have to have confidence in the Lord. You have to have confidence in yourself. This coming July will be 30 years since I started preaching. It was the last Sunday night in July of 1990 when I preached from this passage of Scripture, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. This is what it says. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Because it has great recompense of reward. These things do not alarm me. They do not deter me. They do not discourage me. I'm not in denial today. This has altered every one of our lives, some more extensively than others. When I'm complaining about having to go to a restaurant, drive 20 minutes, pick up takeout, bring it back home, and hope that the food is still warm when I get it back home. When I'm complaining about that, then it just so happens I see an image come across the television screen of thousands of cars sitting in a Texas parking lot. Some had gotten there the night before just to get food from a food bank. God, forgive our self-centered dispositions. When I'm anxious, will the provision still be there? And I read about a family going from two incomes to one, or someone else being furloughed, or even laid off, or even terminated because the business couldn't survive. These pitfalls and potholes, they will not do us in. Why is that? Because we're more than a conqueror. Through him who loved us and gave himself for us. God help us. Right there in your car, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Right there in your living room at home, around the kitchen table. Maybe you're taking a break at work. Maybe you're on your lunch break and you tuned into the service. Would you just for a moment bow your heads with me? Father, forgive us today. We get passionate sometimes. And in our passion, sometimes we lose our compassion. We're so anxious for things to return to normal that sometimes we lose sight of those that are hurting here in our town in our county in our region God help us what about the 15 or 16 or so folks in our church or friends of our church that will go to work in the medical field today that they may not say it out loud or it may not show on their countenance but they're a little nervous they're a little nervous because they go to serve the public on the front lines minister to their health putting their own lives at risk I pray for them today God, you know we've called their names in prayer. Lord, today I pray for our first responders, our sheriff, our police, the ambulatory personnel that respond to medical crises, the fire department that saves humans and pets alike. Lord, I pray for this pastor. When I leave this pulpit, God, I pray that you would this perspective that you're laying heavy upon my heart today, I pray that I would carry it with me. Lord, forgive me for the complaints about the inconveniences. When there's so many more that are hurting. Well over 60,000 people today across our country can't even bury their loved ones. Remind us today, Lord, and encourage us that, yes, we're all facing a troop, but we can run through it by God. We're all facing a wall, a very tall wall, but we can leap over it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us live in the victory because we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. you go, let me just say thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord and to the church. Ushers will be at the exits today if you want to drop off your tithe and offering. We have a little box up here that we've put up for you to drop here in the week at your convenience right under the canopy. God is still at work. I'm going to ask you to do two things. The second thing, as you leave, I want you to wave at me because so I don't get to hug your neck. But before you wave at me, if this message has resonated with you, come on, let's just do that horn thing one more time. Could we do that? fuel to this old preacher. I'm glad you're tuning in with us. God bless you with a great week. Be safe. Call on us. We're here during the week. If you need anything at all, if you just need prayer, give us a shout. We love you in the Lord. God bless you.